In the interest of not remaining consistent in the slightest, System Mastery now brings you a movie review for no good reason. We ate crappy pizza and watched Left Behind, and now you're going to hear about it. All that and nothing more on today's System Mastery Special Report. ago there was a construction set for kids called the big big loader and the commercial for it was like the little jiggle for it and of course being in high school at the time all of me and my friends would go big big boner put it together and what do you get the big big boner construction set even big loader is already pretty bad oh yeah I mean, but I mean, you know, you're you're teenagers. You're gonna turn anything into a boner, <laughs> or or any particular idea or concept, time of day. Yeah, a- any time of day is boner time. <laughs> what the fuck is boner time? <laughs> All right, welcome to a system mastery special report, which we're doing just because we were hanging out on a Thursday. Yay! Uh, what we did today was go to a stupid pizza place and get horrible pizza, and then. We went to uh, my house where we watched a movie. And what did we watch, John? We watched Left Behind. And not, not Left Behind with Kirk Cameron. Oh, no. Left Behind with Nicolas Cage. Which theoretically should be an upgrade. You'd think that. 14 years of advanced technology and special effects capability and modern sensibilities. And switching out Kirk Cameron for Nicolas Cage would imply that the movie is going to be significantly better. You'd think that. And, you know, you, you're probably right. I, I mean, I think this is going to be better than... Have we seen the original Left Behind? Have you seen it? I've seen clips from it. I think this is probably better than that. I, it must be really bad, then. Well, yes. So, who else is in this movie? Anyone? Uh, we get Leah Thompson for, like, all of five to ten minutes, is maybe. That, is that her playing the mom? That's the mom. Okay. The main character girl, who is nobody. Yeah, uh, and... Uh, Chad Michael Murray from, like, Agent Carter. And, uh, we, yeah, we get an investigative journalist. That's him. That's Chad Michael yeah. Murray. I, I vaguely know who that is, because he's on, he is on Agent Carter and, uh, I want to say One Tree Hill. Yeah. And, uh, on this movie, he plays... An investigative uh, journalist. Yes. So, he <laughs> is, what, what's his, Cameron... Buck Cameron. Buck Wild. It's, it's Buck... Buck Cherry, I think. What's his last name? It's like it's like Williams or something. And and he keeps introducing himself as Buck Williams, and then he goes, "Oh, I'm sorry, Cameron Williams." But he never really explains why he keeps changing names. Well, because he's Buck to his friends. Oh, okay, so he's Buck to his friends, but Cameron to everyone else. Okay, yeah. That's... So I think I think his professional investigative journalist name. Oh, is he an investigative journalist? Yeah, I think I think they may have mentioned at some point in the movie that he was an investigative journalist. Oh, do you think he said, or do you think someone else said it? Do you... I mean, it may have come up in either way. It'd be hard to tell, though. It would be hard to tell. There's a point... There's a few subtle clues that the movie gives you that he might, maybe, be an investigative journalist. Is that kind of like how the movie gives you subtle clues as to how the little brother character had wanted a new baseball glove? (laughs) Okay, so... Uh. So let's let's do this the right way so that people don't just think we're rambling about nothing. We watched two, Left Behind from 2014, the more recent one, which is which was actually in theaters last year around October and was just universally reviled by everybody. Oh yeah. Even, I mean, this is insulting to everyone. Even Christian groups disliked this film. They 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 considered it to be one of those cash grab movies where like local churches are supposed to buy out theaters in a show of support for religion. 
And and they were like, no, we're not going to do that because it's insulting. Yeah. So there you go. Thing is, the movie also ends up being like it brings up every point that uh, like any atheist or non-believer would bring up, and then doesn't solve them. No, it's it doesn't, like, doesn't shoot anybody down. No, it's like, oh, why would you? have a god that like knows about fucking tsunamis and earthquakes and then kill people and then not give a fuck and the answer is i don't know and then he took more people because fuck you yeah it's it's weird so here's here's the general plot of the film we uh we begin with the main character uh her name is chloe and chloe Steele, no less so oh, yeah this romance this novelist the steel family yeah the steel family of raymond Steele and chloe Steele and uh Another, I think the little kid's name is Raimi Steele, which was I thought was kind of funny because she kept calling him Raimi, and all I was thinking of was Sam Raimi. Yeah, that, that was where my head was going with that. And then Mom Raimi, who is deeply Jesusy. Yeah, the uh, Mom Steele who found Jesus after something happened. Uh, some years of marriage is what the way they put it. Uh, uh, people change because uh, Nicholas Cage, who plays the father says, uh, oh, things change dramatically between the ages of 20 and 50, and if she's going to run off with some man, I'm just glad it's Jesus. Yeah. Is what they, he said. And, and uh... Like, I feel like there was a few hints that, like, there was some tragedy in the family, and that's why she got all Jesus-y, but they never get into they, it. They don't. It, it, so, basically, Cameron's coming home from school. And, uh, not Cameron, I'm sorry. Uh, Chloe. Chloe. Chloe's coming home from school, and she arrives at the airport and calls her mom because she's going to surprise her dad. Her dad, uh, Nicholas Cage, does not know that his daughter is coming home to see her. So, so she gets into the airport and then calls her mom, who tells her that that uh, the dad is actually going to be leaving that day for London on a different airplane in an emergency flight. Yeah, they called him in. He has to go to work. He is a pilot, and a pilot's job is never done. Yeah, a pilot must fly. Must fly to London. And it's and it's his birthday. It's the dad's birthday, and that's why she's there. Yeah, and then she sees Cameron Williams, investigative journalist, being it, like a... It's weird, because it doesn't seem like the woman who harasses him has all that much of a point. So basically, he is... They don't really tell you who he is at this point. He's just some guy who gets off an airplane. And he has sort of an entourage. A little bit. And then, like, a lady with a book that's not even the Bible. She just bought, like, some book that has a generic, like, Jesus loves babies or something I'm title. guessing it's another book by the authors of Left Behind, and it's a subtle... It's supposed to be a nod. Maybe. I, I don't know. But at any rate, she walks up to him, and she says, uh... Something pithy about Jesus, and then she says, can I ask you a question? And he says, well, I guess you can. And she says, basically she starts accusing him of not believing in Jesus enough. Well, it's just like, you see all these natural disasters and wars, don't you think that's a sign of something? And he's like, meh. Can I ask you, do you read the Bible? That's always such a weird question to me, like... How many times are you supposed to just be constantly reading it? Like you, you grew up in a Christian household. How often are you supposed to read the Bible before you're able to say, "Yes, I read the Bible"? Yeah, I mean, you have you have some groups that are like, "I do Bible study," and so we'll read passages, and so you are mostly constantly reading the Bible. Oh, if I can you're see that. that. So, like, do, what does what she really means? Could could it mean that, or could it be that she meant to say, "Do you believe in the Bible, or do you study or follow the Bible?" As opposed to just, "Do you read it?" Because, like, I've read it. I'm not Christian, but I've read it. It's an interesting book to read. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, later in the film, we get a guy at a church who's like, "Yep, I knew the whole Bible back to front, knew everything, didn't believe though." Yeah. So, so okay, but that that means that well, her question is just weird. Anyway, she starts ranting about how the apocalypse or the uh, the rapture is coming and how it's a cursed world. Oh yeah. And, uh, and and then and then Chloe jumps in and she's like, "Well, 
If it's if God has the power to stop all these floods and things, then why doesn't he do that? It's just stupid. And, and the woman says, because it's a cursed, fallen world. We ruined it, and now God needs to clean it up. Yeah. And it's great because Chloe's entire little speech there is 100% one of those, like, atheist shit that didn't happen texts. Yeah. They're just like, and then she stood up to that horrible Christian woman and was like, you're God's dumb and no one should believe in it. And then everybody stood up and clapped. And then she got married. Except literally, that's the story of this movie. She doesn't get married at the end, but it's how her and some other atheist find love after getting harassed by a Christian in this... in. And and this is a consistent thing throughout this movie. The Christians in the movie are portrayed as hectoring and crazy. Oh, yeah. Like, the mom is probably the least preachy. And even then, she's like, hey, I know you've been home for five minutes, but have you thought about Jesus recently? Let me, let me tell you about Jesus. And, and and then her daughter's like, please, I don't want to talk about Jesus. And the mom says, I understand, but you need to understand that you're important to me, and Jesus is important to me, so Jesus should be important to you. And, and, and the daughter's just like, bah! I have been home for literally ten minutes. Give me a second before you Jesus me. I know, and, and it's what's weird is the Christians I know would be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Right? I'd be like, oh, oh, yeah, you got it, buddy. I'm not going to bug you about Jesus anymore. Fucking, okay, my dad is a pastor, and he would never do that to anyone. Right, exactly. It's so weird. The movie is so anti jesus <laughs> It just, it puts all of the Christians in such a weird light. I just don't understand what they were going for. Like, I, I understand why the Christian groups were like, no, we don't want to go see this. This is insulting. Because it is. It portrays everyone who believes as some kind of jackass. Yeah, they're all just jerks. It's really weird. So anyway, uh, it turns out that that uh, Ray, which is Nicolas Cage's character, is cheating on his wife. Well, might eventually cheat on his wife. He leaves his wedding ring in the car and... There's he, some flight attendant that he's going to go to a U2 concert with. In London, which yeah. is where they're flying, which is why he arranged to do this flight. See, he didn't actually get called away as an emergency. He's been planning this the whole time. Oh no, it's been two weeks since he looked at me. Right, so basically the daughter finds out about that and writes a mean note on the on the U2 tickets and makes sure they get on the plane to her dad. And it turns out that, that uh, Cameron Willi- or Buck Cameron investigative journalist Williams is going to be on the flight too. So he gets in there and delivers them, which he does by just walking into the cockpit in, in the year of our Lord 2014. <laughs> which happens... So often in this movie. People just let themselves in there. And it's it's not like a consistent thing. Like, they just decided, yeah, this is a universe where anyone can walk into it. Half the time, people are like, I need to get let in. And they're banging on the door and they can't get in. And the other half, people are just like, hey, how's it going in here? Yeah, the Kirk Cameron, or I keep calling him Kirk Cameron because it reminds me of him. <laughs> but Cameron Williams can get in and out no problem because he has investigative journalist powers. Yeah. But no one else can just get in and out of the room. Not even Captain Ray, uh, Nicolas Cage. There's a point where he tries to bang his way in through the door before he goes, oh yeah, I'm the captain, and then unlocks the door with some buttons. Yeah, like the, okay, so the the rapture happens and all these people disappear, and of course the co-pilot is apparently a devout Christian, I guess. We can tell because he has John 3.16, just that that, that the title of the, of the verse printed on his watch face, Yeah, which is the weirdest place to put John 3.16, because that's just going to consistently tell you it's 3.16. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, you're you're going to be right twice a day. Yeah, twice a day you remember that you got to wake up in the middle of the night, though, to get that first one. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, and you know, I, I'm going to say that's like my least favorite thing to see on Christian Apparel is the John 316, because it feels, it feels kind of, it, it's like I've seen it more as a, as a museum thing, or sorry, it's like a sporting event thing than anything else. Well, the, 
it's odd because it's just sort of become a weird catchphrase, like, it's just, it's odd. It's like going around having Christian paraphernalia that isn't anything to do with anything. Like, the amount of people that can probably tell you what that verse is. What's funny is I, I see people holding it up at sporting events, and my guess is that they don't. Like, they're just holding it up because, oh, it's some Bible thing. Like, I know what verse that is. I, again, I'm, I'm the one between us who doesn't have a Christian upbringing. And I know it's the, and the Lord so loved us that he gave his only begotten son to save the earth. I don't even remember how it goes. But that's, that's the gist, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. basically so it. So I'm, I'm, you're close enough. I'm mostly on board with what it is. And I always see that at sporting events and I'm like, oh, okay. So you're just generally talking, just saying, hey, Christian, it's Christians, right? Guys, huh? Yeah, it's yeah. not like it's got anything to do with the sporting event that you're holding the sign up at. No, it? I just need to wear a rainbow wig and hold up this sign that says John 3.16. That's all you really have to do. Okay, great. But yeah, so the the co-pilot disappears and our pilot hero needs to go into the cockpit because the plane starts fucking, I don't know, diving because no one's at the controls. And instead of getting into the actual fucking cockpit, like, just opening it because he is the captain. He sits there banging on it, tries to open it, and then realizes, oh, wait a minute, I have to put a code in. And then puts the code in and goes in. Right. So, let's let's talk briefly about the people who get raptured during the rapture. Let's, let's, uh, let, let's list out who's on... Let's get a Dramatis Person A going. So, it's basically half of any family. Okay, yes, exactly. Uh, kids always go. So, yeah. they don't really give you the cutoff, but kids always go. Yeah. Uh, so... We get a scene where Chloe is in, like, the, the fucking... Well, she's... No, at one point she's in the hospital and she oh, goes yeah, to, yeah. like, the natal unit or whatever, and all the babies are gone. Mm-hmm. Including all of the mothers, because apparently having a baby makes you a saint. And uh, there's one person in that place that's like, also all the other kids are gone. Yeah, there's one woman left, and she comes out, and she starts advancing on Chloe, like a horror movie character. Oh, yeah. Like, just walking right into her personal space and forcing her to back up while she just goes, all the children disappeared. Not even all the babies. All the children. Even the older children. And the whole time she's stalking forward as if she's gonna kill her. Yeah, it's real weird. And then she just kind of stops and is like, all right, well, uh, that's my message. I'm out of this movie. Peace out and goodbye. And I love the the reason she goes into the fucking hospital where they're keeping babies is she's looking for her brother. Right. She thinks her brother might be... Because she's hugging her brother in the mall when the rapture happens. Yeah. And, oh, let's briefly... what What is the visual effect that the rapture is in this film? A flash of white light, and then everyone who was raptured just has their clothes. That's correct. And so then, she is hugging his clothes. And his clothes and backpack fall to the ground, and then as she's running through the mall, freaked out, clothes start raining from the ceiling. Yeah, apparently Christians were just hanging from the rafters, and then the rapture happened. Yeah, but only Christians. Christians are always hanging from the rafters. You know how they do, <laughs> those Christians. Also, this movie is set in New York, but it is the... <laughs> Oh my god, yes. It is the least New Yorky you have ever seen. The airport is clearly in, like, Atlanta or something, because it's completely surrounded by forests. And the... So the car has, like, a New Mexico plate. Yeah, they're, they're driving around in a car that's got New Mexico plates to suburbs that are yeah. clearly in New Mexico. The the suburbs that are, like, wide open and nowhere near a city, but apparently 
the mall is right in New York. And it's just the mall. New York has many malls. And oh, oh also, none of them are surrounded by huge parking lots. And none of them are those big outdoor air-conditioned style malls. That oh, yeah, come. this is a Dawn of the Dead style giant-ass mall this that doesn't of, exist in New York. No, it's it, that's a West Coast mall. Like, I grew up with that kind of mall. Like, La Brea's and, and, your, and, and all those around uh, San Diego and uh, Los Angeles. Where, you know, you drive to it, and then you park outside it, and then you go in from any direction. It's not on a street somewhere. It's it's a mall. Yeah. But, uh, but no, the, the, they keep talking about how the one airport they can go to is JFK, though. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they are 100% telling you that they are in New York, even though everything in this movie is screaming that it is not in New York. It's like they just, I guess maybe because the book is set in New York, but they could have just said, fuck it, it's California and we're done with it. Like, even if it's actually filmed in New Mexico, it looks more like California. Yeah, the the film is very obviously California. Yeah, so, and, and chunks of it are clearly filmed in, like, Albuquerque or something. Oh, yeah. For some reason, who knows? Whatever. Anyway, the rapture occurs as a bright, bright flash of light, and then all the children disappear, and let's see, who else disappears? Uh, the main character's mom, and... One member out of every family. Yeah. Uh, so, like on the airplane, uh, all the children obviously gone. Mm-hmm. But then anyone else, it's like if you had two people sitting in seats, one of those persons would be gone, the other one would be there. Right. So you had an old married couple. Yeah, the very old senile <sighs> married couple, and they're just super old, and they're like, "Oh, we're going home," and then like a light danger, like, "Oh, are we home already?" And oh god. Okay. okay. But but oh, first of all, they're going to London. So they can't be going, because neither of them have anything close to an English accent. Well, you know, maybe they moved there. They could have just recently moved there, and now they're going back to it. But that's that would be some weird backstory setup. And, uh, but, and it's just but that, that ties into the fact that none of the passengers on that plane feel like they should be going to London, except oh, no. for one person. There's one British lady, and then everyone else on the plane is like a redneck. Oh, yeah, it's just people they found on the streets of New Mexico. Yeah. So it's a whole bunch of people in flannel with, like, Lemmy-style mustaches. <laughs> it's like, why are you guys flying from New York to London? Oh, I like to go to big cities and then fly to additional big cities from within them. Yeehaw! <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like, so just the husband of this old couple disappears. Yeah. Apparently the wife uh, is too senile to remember she loves Jesus. Yeah, so she has to stay behind. And, uh, let's see, there's a dwarf character, a, a little person actor... Who we have seen in several other movies, but don't know his name. He's like the... Th- I would want to say he's like the fourth most famous little person actor. And almost everything I've ever seen him in, I think he just gives someone the finger and yeah, is angry. And he gets he sometimes gets surprisingly efficiently violent. Like, he's very good at, at, at kicking people's asses, and that's like the joke. So, uh, he's in this. He's in like... I want to say he's in uh, Jingle All the Way. And some stuff. Yeah, anyway, he uh, he's in the movie for... A, a solid chunk of time did not get billed in any way, and he plays a very angry dwarf. Yep, and That's he's r- angry about the fact that he is short. Yes. So anytime anyone talks to him, he, he has kind of defensive, uh, disabled kind of issues, basically. So, yeah. so a nice guy offers to help him put his bag up in the thing, and he's like, did I ask you for help? Did I come over there and offer to help you move your bag? Get the fuck away from me. Yeah. And then, like, a little kid looks over and was like, what are you looking at? You want to know how I drive? How I find a urinal? And she says, what's a urinal? This is my daddy. And he's just like, yeah, whatever, kid. It's, so we're getting this kind of setup where everyone's do like, broad strokes. Yeah, it's, you have the people who are like, I'm nice and I like Jesus. And then everyone else is like, I'm cheating on my wife and I'm a huge asshole. So, uh, so the rapture happens, of course, while the plane is mid-flight and everyone freaks out. We get, uh, very little outside of the two... Uh, like, family story, so it happens worldwide, but we don't get any accounts where, like, 
And India was fine. No right. one gave a shit. That's the funny thing to me. Okay, watching this movie, the first thing I want to do is, is answer all of the logistics and stuff about it. Like, alright, so, what are the countries that have the, the smallest uh, Christian populations? Because nothing's going to happen to them. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you're India, and a lot of the Middle East, and... China. A lot of China... Uh, Japan's got some Christians, but it's also got a ton of people who are just non-practicing Christians or Shinto. So those places are all going to be like, oh, nothing happened. Everything's fine here. Yay! And, and of course, I, I also get the big question of what denominations of Christianity are right. Like, are Catholics getting raptured? Well, yeah, we have a very devout Muslim guy yeah. on the plane. And who... very good Muslim on the plane. Oh, yeah, he's super nice. Yeah. He... Wants to pray when the uh, rapture happens because he wants to, like, try and calm people down with that. Yeah. Like, you can tell this is a good guy and he has actual faith in his belief and technically is praying to the same God as the Christians. Yeah, technically. I mean, they're of the book. That's, that's... But, no. 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 Uh, One of the things I I kept saying throughout the movie is I thought the movie would be vastly improved if their sins were displayed in a, in a brief spreadsheet above their head using special effects, like, just once. So, like, when they were introduced as a character. Like, the first time you see the Muslim, it pops up and just goes, picked wrong god. <laughs> like, that's all it has it to just say. types across the screen with that, like, oh, yeah. typewriter <laughs> noise. <laughs> That'd be great. But, yeah, I mean, ultimately, we just have no idea what the denominations that get to go to heaven and not are. I assume it's just kind of Christians. Well, yeah, they don't say anything about what even the family is. It's just, she loves Jesus. Well, there's one British lady who doesn't get to go to heaven who's on the plane. And we know it's because she does drugs. Yeah, she's a drug user. And she went to Bible camp once in her life. But that's the only thing we know that, that that's why she do, she doesn't get raptured is because we see her with some cocaine. Thing is, the Bible doesn't mention cocaine. There's nothing in the Bible about not using drugs. I think it's just one of those things that you're not supposed to do and that Christian leaders understand that, so they just kind of... You know, kind of, kind of, kind of just work it in there. Yeah, just, just, just work it in there. Yeah, yeah. So we don't know why she gets. Again, I'd love to see why she gets raptured. It's the same with the Muslim guy, who's a nice guy. Yeah, he is a good person. Very like everything we see about him, but nope. So we don't see the rules behind this rapture. Like uh, my, my first thought was when the the British lady didn't get raptured. It wasn't oh, it's because of the drugs. It was oh, so Church of England is wrong. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's going to be great. So then our new superpowers in the world are going to be, like, India, China, and England. We, India and England, back at it again, just like the early 1800s. <laughs> uh, so, but, yeah, we don't really get any global context for anything. It just... A couple times throughout the movie, they'll say, it happened all over the world, Ray. Oh, and really? What happened? Oh, you're breaking up. <laughs> Every, everyone in the world had people disappear. It's like, well, okay, not everyone, because yeah. you made it pretty obvious it's Christians by putting that Muslim guy in the movie. If they had not put him in, then it could have just been, oh, if you don't believe in some god. Or it could have been, you know, you're not good enough, or you're not devout enough in whatever faith you have. But no, it's specifically Christians. Yeah. Because, I mean, this is a specifically Christian idea. Right. So, uh, but yeah, so we get two storylines. We follow the pilot dad and we follow the daughter. And the pilot, uh, storyline is at least somewhat interesting. It's got almost a disaster film quality to it of like, oh, we're trying to get to a place and shit's going on and we've got to do things. But the daughter story is the worst. Right. So the, the father storyline, he basically, has to save the plane. And so there's a lot of shots of the plane shaking around. Oh, and then Dutch angle shots of stock footage of an airliner. <laughs> so you get the impression that it's off course slightly, even though they clearly didn't have an airliner. They just bought a couple of shots off some photo bucket equivalent. Oh, yeah. And uh, and so 
there's a couple shots of it just done with Dutch angles or with the they, they have shots of the uh, the things dropping out of the ceiling. Also, the cockpit has like floor length windows in it. It is the cockpit of a Star Trek shuttlecraft. <laughs> it's also huge, as is the entire area where like the stewardesses are. Oh yeah, it, it's is, clearly just rooms. Oh yeah, it's a it's a goddamn foyer. Yeah. No, you can see like the front door to the house that they're standing in. It's it's ridiculous. So the the reason that the pilot storyline is better is because there's a whole cast of characters on the plane. You've got the crazy woman who thinks that her husband somehow tricked her and stole her daughter from her. You've got the angry uh, little person character who's who's just uh, doesn't or he thinks the Muslim did it. Yeah. So his storyline is him think, trying to figure out how the Muslim guy managed to terrorist the plane. By killing off all the children in it. We have a uh, Asian guy who is a conspiracy theorist who floats various things, whether it's a time loop through a uh, like black hole well, or... He, he specifically says, what if we went through a wrinkle in time? And I was like, well, uh, you know, then we're going to have to start looking for living mitochondria or whatever. But, <laughs> but uh, And then he floats alien abduction and, and a one, bunch of other crap. At one point he suggests that there is a hyperjet that can fly Mach 40 and get from New York to London in six minutes. Yep. So, uh, and then of course we have an investigative journalist. We have him. We also have the uh, the industrialist guy who's like the least important character yeah, on the front is, of the plane. He is businessman. He has a business plan. He knows the Christian uh, British woman. He met her when she was a little girl, and so they pray together briefly. Yeah, he knew British woman's father, who was also a business guy, and there you go. So anyway, basically with the pilot storyline, a bunch of things befall the airplane. Uh, he turns the airplane around to go back to uh, New York, because he's scared about what's happening on the plane, and he's less than halfway to London. Once he turns around, he runs smack dab into another airplane, heading be- still heading towards London, because both of its pilots got raptured. Yep, but they had already put on an autopilot and no one bothered to check on the pilots. This is just unmitigated bullshit. He's supposed to be a pilot with like 25 years of experience. East-West flights go at a different altitude than... Or East flights go at a different altitude than West flights so that shit like this can't happen. He should have been a thousand feet above or below the other airplane. No question. Well, also, this movie knows nothing about... How flying works no. or how planes work? No, nothing. Literally nothing. There's just there's just shenan- at one point he turns off the pressure in the cabin to make the the, uh, <laughs> people, the people in the airplane calm down. Not not paying attention to the fact that that would just kill half of them. Like the old lady, she's not going to survive at thirty thousand feet of pressure. Yeah. No. The the fact that he flips a switch to yeah. make the pressure. I love that pilots are apparently have that power. They're just like you know what? I feel like turning off the oxygen to everybody. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's the life support switch on the airplane. Yeah, the FAA put that in the hands of the pilots, who are glorified bus drivers. <laughs> and the, uh, oh, and the gas thing. At one point, so when they have a near miss in air with the other plane. Yeah, because he sees the plane from thousands of feet away, but doesn't think that maybe he should, you know, he keeps radioing him and trying to get the other plane to move. No, you move. That's all he does. You he move around gets on the plane. Hey, you're heading right for me. Please move. Hey, please move. Please. Hey, move. Hey, you should move. I see there's no one in your cockpit, so if someone hears this, could they get in that cockpit and move? And then finally, about 50 feet from the other plane, he goes, You know what? I have a steering thing in front of me. Maybe I should try and move. You ever think of that? Huh? Dummy? And so the other plane just kind of clips one of their, like, fuel Yeah, it cuts open the fuel tank on one of their wings and blocks or, or knocks an engine out. And then the gas is leaking out and it catches fire. And the whole time, this is one of my favorite things about this this movie, is that Nick Cage has to be shown pictures on a digital camera of what's happening to his airplane. Yeah. He so, has no idea. He can't even look out his floor-length windows. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and in that breakfast nook that he has built into his canopy. <laughs> so the uh, so the <laughs> the fuel catches fire and is shooting out the side. And he's like, "Well, we'll just have to wait it out and let the fuel burn for as long as it does." Uh, no. You, you wanted to hit one of those buttons that controls the fuel valves? Nothing? No, they got rid of the fuel valve button so they could put in the life support button. Right. Of course, that makes perfect sense. So, anyway, he, he, he makes a couple of cool pilot-style speeches about how the airplane will last until it lasts and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he has to go out and shout all the passengers a bit down when they're, they're trying to riot. And it's funny how much the passengers are trying to demand information from him. Oh yeah, they're like, oh, you're the pilot, you should know. I'm like, where where what the, the fuck is he gonna know? Where are all the children on our plane? Like he's gonna be like, yes, I press the button that gets rid of children on the airplane. I mean, I've got that. We're not normally supposed to press the button, but I've been having a bad day. <laughs> yeah, the so at least with the pilot storyline that goes on, something interesting occasionally there's, happens. There's tension and there's a beginning and an end. Yeah, so uh, there's, there's some stuff. The daughter, on the other hand, is simply wandering through the world. With rapture stuff happening near her, the so the problem is the the daughter storyline goes nowhere, does nothing, is boring, and eventually all she does is give up on her own storyline and get tagged into the pilot one by clearing off a you know that new freeway they're building in the middle of New York. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, all right, so like the rapture happens happens and she leaves the mall and a fucking small plane hits only her car in the parking lot. Oh, right, because... And, and as we hear from an air traffic controller later, airplanes are falling out of the sky everywhere. Yeah. Uh, apparently because just about every pilot in the world is a fundamentalist. Apparently. Yeah. It's and it, it's not just every pilot. It's, like, every pilot and co-pilot and anyone who has any skill of flying. Yeah, also a lot of cars. Like, school buses are just falling off of bridges. That that was a great yeah, moment, that's, by the way. That's what I was going to lead into. Yeah. Is, so after she leaves the mall... She's just walking around. This has been probably at least a half hour at this point. And then a school bus just goes over the edge of a bridge into the water. And, okay. It was on autopilot. Yeah, they hit the the bus autopilot. Yeah. What the fuck is going on in this movie? The best I can figure is that some hoodlums pushed the the bus off the bridge because there's no all the authority figures got raptured. Except, here's the big problem you have with the daughter storyline. She's wandering... This hellscape that is post-rapture Earth, right? And you see, like, she gets watch- she watches a man get shot and another man wave her away with a shotgun. And she see her backpack or her brother's backpack gets stolen from her by a motorcycle gang guy. But the whole time, you see like normal traffic occurring and all the lights are on everywhere and everything just looks like it's normal. Like, like it, what would actually happen if the rapture took all the Christians? Which is there'd be a lot of people left and they'd still have to be like, well, we got to make some money, guys. <laughs> so. Like, it's like she's being followed around by a tiny little bubble of Mad Max world, and then everything else is fine. Like, when she goes to kill herself, there's just traffic on the bridge she's on. There's yeah, just no, regular daily traffic. There's no cars are stopped on the bridge. There's no accidents. There's no fires anywhere. Yeah, Nothing is screwed up in the town. It's just, oh, the rapture happened, and everyone briefly went, I should probably loot, yeah. and then stopped. There's a tiny bit of looting, and then everyone was like, well, the rapture... Well, first of all, they, none of them say rapture until the end. That's that's the big secret oh of the movie. Oh, my God. S- fucking the whole movie's like, I know what happened. It was the... And then we cut to a different place, and you're like, we know. We know what it is. You're not building tension. You know that the first Left Behind movie was made 14 years ago, and the book is five years before that, so everyone knows this is about the rapture. You you don't have to make it a big secret. <laughs> but yeah. that's what the movie does. It constantly builds up. One character goes, I know. I know what happened. I know where the people are. Let's now I ch- need to go do cocaine in a bathroom. Let's check in with the daughter, though. 
Let's see how she's doing. Yeah. Oh, she's breaking into the hospital from a weird building. Even though the hospital's open, she's breaking in through like a service entrance. Yeah, and so the hospital in most of it is super busy, but when she breaks into the fucking like the children's area, no one's there. And I yeah. go, you know, if the hospital was slam packed with people, which it would be, and everyone was gone from the children's hospital wing, they would just shove people in there. Also, people would be in there looking for their kids. Oh yeah. Instead of that just being an empty haunted room. Yeah. So that's that was a really stupid moment. It's it's also weird to me that she breaks in. Because again, the hospital's open. The moment she goes to a main room in the hospital, it's completely full of people. So did she just think, oh, I could go through the front door, but I'd like to smash a window out of the fire escape. And crawl on glass for no reason. Yeah. It's it's a weird... It's Well, her whole thing is terrible. Like, she goes home and then looks around and sees a Bible and throws it through a window, and there's, there's never tension, there's never a problem, yeah. nothing happens. She wanders around. Uh, like I had mentioned earlier, she goes to a church. And, and finds the, a guy there. And, and there's a minister in there, and he tells her that it it's was... It's not a, even a minister, it's just a dude. It's a dude in a suit. Okay, well, he I think he implies to her that the rapture has occurred. Yeah, he's so like, I knew about the rapture, and I knew all about the Bible, but I didn't give a fuck. Right, and then on the plane, it's the British woman who says, Oh, I know where your babies are. They're in heaven. It was the rapture. And this is during the climactic scene where the woman who thinks that her husband has stolen her baby somehow produces a gun from nowhere. Yeah, she got it from the Sky Marshal. Okay, well... Where was the Sky Marshal? That's not important. Oh, it doesn't matter. There was, you know, he, his clothes fell in a pile on the ground, and then she went over there and checked that pile of clothes for a gun. Yeah. So and, she could go crazy later. And no one saw her do this, even though you're in a tiny room with a bunch of other people. It's it's such a weird thing. <sighs> oh, so anyway, the the uh, here's the big climactic ending of the film. Uh, the pilot has to land the airplane on a new freeway being built through New York that runs east-west. The daughter has to clear the freeway of junk, which she does by rolling over it with a truck, and then she lights a big fire on it so he can see where it is by lighting some gasoline on fire. Then the airplane crashes and they all get out. Ta-da! Yep. There's some there's some setup. Like there's a scene where she has to get a steamroller out of the way, and the tension is is delivered by the fact that steamrollers are slow. She's just sitting there like, come on, go! But it's not even like the plane is coming down and she has to move it out of the way just in time. It's just, ah, oh, go! This is okay, so boring. I- I did that back into the truck, and I'm like, okay, great. You had plenty of time to do all of that. If you had saved a, oh my god, I need to move a thing out of the way scene for when the plane was actually incoming, maybe it would have an effect, but no. Which they do. They have that scene, because she's still in the truck when the plane lands, and the the truck is stuck. Remember that? Oh yeah, which is also dumb, because the truck is stuck, she can't get it out, but she stays in the truck and just sort of sits there until the plane comes. She has a good, like, three minutes to go... I'm just going to get out and, like, not be on the freeway at this point. I'll just walk away from this new freeway. And, uh, oh, and and of course, the guy keeps radioing the tower at JFK and saying, I need a a runway, the airplane's out of fuel, I can't point the nose up, I need a runway. And they're like, we can't give you a runway, you have to go to Syracuse. All the airplanes fell out of the sky. Everyone here at the airport got raptured. I'm like, really? You're telling me a JFK's got a huge fundamentalist Christian population? Also, there was, so there's one guy who even knows our uh, pilot Steele, and he's on the radio at JFK and is like, Hey man, yeah, this shit's crazy. Everyone got raptured in the whole world. Everything's nuts. Uh, you can't land here. Um, goodbye. Bye. That's all there. <laughs> you guys are dead. And then, you know, he gets back on the radio. He's like, come on, come in. Come in, tell me something. And the guy's like, no, I'm just going to turn it to static now. Yeah, I'll put it on the static channel. Yeah. Q- smooth static listening. Q104, smooth static for your morning commute. 
This is Ray Steele with Smooth Static. You're listening to WSTC Static in the Morning. Coming up next, it's Easy Breezy Staticky. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and the, uh... So yeah, everyone comes out of the plane, and then we just sort of get a pullback shot of like, Hey, you're, uh... There you are. And one of them says, it looks like the world's ending. Now, this is ultra bullshit, because the world looks perfectly normal. Everything in the world is fine, all the lights are on, everyone's doing okay. They landed on a new freeway, so it does look kind of empty there. And the girl did set a lot of fires on the freeway to help her father land. But that's the only fire. You can tell it's the only fire, because he uses it to help him land. If the world was ending, and there were a bunch of fires everywhere, her big plan wouldn't have worked. Yep. No, we get the view from the cockpit, which is, alright, I'm coming to the city, and... Everything looks real normal. All the lights are on. Nothing's wrong. No fires. I like the moment where he says, I need to see something bright, so she flashes the high beams of the truck. Did you see that? Did you see the high beams on my truck? I know you're miles away. (laughs) And she's not even facing the airplane. She's facing at a wall. Yeah. (laughs) Flashes her beams at a wall and is like, see that? Yeah. Yeah, thanks a lot. That ought to do it. Oh my gosh. Alright, so that's... And then the movie ends with them going, Yes, it definitely was the rapture. I was really waiting for someone to be like, It looks like we've been left behind. Yeah. Or it, it, the movie ends on such a sequel setup note. Well, the... I mean, the whole story is a sequel. You have a bunch of things to that story. You've got, like, what... The, like, seven years of darkness or whatever bullshit happens. Oh, yeah. Like, the rest of the rapture. This is just the first couple hours of the rapture. Because, I mean, I'm I, again, I'm not all that up on my revelations. But the basics of the rapture are that uh, all the, the righteous all the, go to heaven. The righteous are ascended directly to heaven or transubstantiated. And then we have the end times. And the end times is seven years of darkness. And then Jesus shows up directly to judge people individually. Yeah, so he goes, alright, I'm going to take all the people that are currently here and shouldn't get to, like, live in horrible bullshit because apparently I like you, but I want you to suffer for a little bit longer. And it's it's like, it's weird because Jesus, it, it seems like the rapture's plan is, is uh, okay, we're going to ascend all the people that did this on easy mode when it wasn't the apocalypse. Then we'll create the apocalypse on hard mode to check all the people who couldn't do it on easy mode to see if they can do it on hard. Well, the... The flip side of that for me is, if the rapture happens, it's essentially like Jesus coming down and saying, I'm real! I know, it's proof, which means that anyone who, who converts at this point is basically faithless. No, it's it's not faith anymore, it's, oh, we had actual proof of the rapture happening? I, well, I guess I believe then. Yeah, and I, of course, we don't have anyone get converted during the film. Which, I this is one of those things where the film, you watch it and you're not, you know into uh, Kirk Cameron-style Christianity. And again, I got nothing against actual Christians. They're all great. But uh, Kirk Cameron-style Christians are not. Huh. And uh, it, it, so, to me, I just have all these questions as I'm watching. I'm like, what happens to pregnant women? Do the babies just pop out of them? Yeah, just gone. Your stomach deflates. It's like, woo. That seems like it'd be really painful and would cause you to have a lot of bleeding because you're connected to the baby from the inside. But whatever, it doesn't matter. Oh, okay, man, it's magic. It's like uh, when it left the clothes behind, it leaves all your insides behind. Right. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Just ties you off automatically. Yeah. So I, I have that question. I have the question of what happens if someone breeds now? Do they generate a baby and it vanishes immediately? Nah, man. You can't because Jesus, it's only he is the way and the life. And no... No baby gets a soul without God saying, sure, go for it. Okay, so he basically just turned off procreative sex. Yeah, you have seven years, no babies. Okay. 
Uh, and let's see, what other questions does it leave for you? What happens if someone converts during the seven years and then dies? Well, that is that is what they want you to do. They want you to convert, and if you die, then you get judged when he comes back at the end. Oh, okay. Because he'll come back to judge the living and the dead. Oh, very good. Okay. Yeah, see, all right. yeah. So Christian upbringing. That there does add go. up. Okay, I'm glad, I'm glad you're here to help me out with all this. <laughs> <laughs> um, what happens to all the people who didn't get raptured, but they're... What, what's going to happen to that Muslim guy? Is, is he going to hell, or does he have seven years to figure out that he's wrong? Yeah, see, that's, I think, again, the fact that we don't get the global uh, thing, it's, if a bunch of Muslims did get raptured, and it was just, oh yeah, no, just this guy apparently was somehow a dick. Like, again, I really wanted the list of sins above people's heads so we know what the problem was. Yeah, but I mean, if, if the guy on the plane just happened to be like, oh yeah, I, I like murdering puppies, that's that's my thing I do. Yeah, I, but, I probably should have mentioned, I, I'm in a lot of crush films. <laughs> It didn't come up. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. And we see a dog. Dog we didn't see a get dog. raptured. That's right. There's a dog at one point that's looking at a, at a pile of, of human clothes. Yeah. So his... that was that made me angrier than anything else in the movie. I was like, fuck you, a movie. You telling me dogs just have to stay in Apocalypse Town? Yeah, no, but th- that dog, to be fair, was an asshole. That was probably a really nasty dog. Yeah, that, that dog was just running around like, hey, Holocaust didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wowzers, the Holocaust denying dog. <laughs> I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Show me the evidence. That's all I'm saying. Oh, gosh. Wowzer's the dog who wants to see the long-form birth certificate. <laughs> I'm just saying, he's a, co- a Kenyan communist. He's a, a, he's a socialist fascist, that, that Obama. Wolf. Uh, so that one dog is terrible but uh, that made me ang- angry than anything else in the movie was like and I kept asking questions like okay if the mom character gets raptured yeah. and goes to heaven isn't she sad like she goes yeah. to heaven and like oh I got raptured this is great oh wait a minute my daughter who I tried to convert like 20 minutes ago did not get raptured she has to live through 7 years of hell uh, who cares? I don't care. Yeah. Well, you see, because what happens when you go to heaven is it strips all of your earthly attachments out. So now the fact that you're related by blood doesn't really matter. You can look down on it uh, devoid of any of your earthly sins and connections so that you look down and go, well, from from God's perspective, you should still be down there. You're making heaven sound like Paxel. Yeah, well, like, maybe. Like you're just sort of like, eh, hooray. Well, you know, you go up there. And everything's great, because yeah. you're near God, mm-hmm. and that is that is the closest to being purely blissful you can be. Okay. And you look down on your family, and you go, hey, you weren't good enough. Get fucked. <laughs> <That's what> <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's talk about the uh, the effect this movie had on the world. Uh, almost none. Yeah. It, it was another notch in the armor being destroyed of Nick Cage's career, that's for sure. And can we talk about Nick Cage in this movie? Oh my god, bit? I love Nick Cage so much. Like, I both ironically and unironically love Nicolas Cage in everything. Absolutely, but in this movie, he is bored and mush-mouthed and tired. It's, it's amazing, because sometimes you'll get a scene with Nick Cage where he's like, Hey, I'm Nick Cage! We gotta do a thing! Ross, things are happening! And then other times he'll just like, yeah, every time he gets on the radio or tries to talk on the cell phone, he's just like, I'm on a lot of quaaludes. <laughs> I'm only doing this because of court orders. <laughs> that's that's the impression you get from Nick Cage through three quarters of the movie. I think, I honestly think he's just, because it's always when he's in the cockpit, I think he's pissed off at having to sit in that fake-ass set. Oh yeah, I'm willing to bet that there's just like, 
they got one of those, uh, like, shaky rooms, like, here you go, we're sitting there, we made it look like what a three-year-old thinks a cot- cockpit looks like. Good enough, go Nick Cage, and he's like, oh, I can't work under these conditions. You know what, I just won't. <laughs> <laughs> As I have done in so many other movies, I just won't act in this. This is the thing with Nick Cage, is every time people are like, we have to go see it, it's a Nick Cage movie, you know he's gonna be all crazy, I'm like, no, I know there's a one in ten chance. He's, he's super crazy and. I'd say the Ghost Rider movies, Drive uh, Angry, Drive Angry, uh, let's the see, greatest Port- movie of all time, Con Air, uh, Con Air, Port of Call, New Orleans, yeah, Bad Lieutenant, Bad Lieutenant, uh, and Face Off, yeah. Oh, and uh, what's the one with the bees? That that yeah, one, yeah, the Wicker Man, Wicker Man. After that, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of Nick Cage movies. There's just him going, hey, I'm in the movie, and I'm gonna, ooh, I'm very zen. I'm gonna sleepwalk right through this. Near the end, I'll shoot a guy. Nick, 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 Nick Cage. Yeah, that's it. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like, I like Nick Cage a lot, and I'm always happy to see him in a film. But he is not the bellwether of of crazy performance. He's really more the bellwether of sleepy performances. And every once in a while, you get lucky. Well, he just wakes up occasionally. Yeah, like for example, Bangkok Dangerous. That's one of those movies where you're like, oh, that's going to be a crazy Nick Cage. It's got to be. Look at that stupid name. Look at, Look his, at dumb, his hair. Look at his haircut. He's going to be bonkers in this. Nope, he's sleepy. Oh yeah, it's the same thing, uh, what is it, I think it was like, was it Knowing, I think, was the one where he oh, was yeah. Yeah, it's uh, some psychic or something. Yeah, and the whole way through the movie you're just like, this is boring, what? Is you're this? not even doing anything, come on. Yeah, so I'd say that, uh, uh best, per- what, what would you say is your favorite Nick Cage performance? Okay. I don't know. Go I mean, ahead. obviously it's Con Air. Yeah, I mean, be, it, it is. It's gonna be Con Air, yeah. He gets all of the things you want from Nicolas Cage, which is a dumb haircut. Mm-hmm. A stupid accent mm-hmm. and ridiculous motivations for things. Absolutely. Okay, that's good. I like that. Uh, I am probably. I, oh man, I'm very torn between the two of them because I really like The Rock, and I also really like Vampire's Kiss. <laughs> Vampire's Kiss. Wow. Okay. Way to go. It's got topless. Uh, what's your name, man? Yeah, it's it does. Alyssa Milano. Uh, yeah. Man, why did I almost say Marina Sirtis? That would be pretty great too. <laughs> Especially considering how long ago that movie was made, that'd yeah. be fine. But uh, no, it's it's. But I'm gonna go with The Rock, Stanley Goodspeed, with his stupid records and his uh, and, and the poison and all the dumb jokes he makes. That you're the Rocket Man, it's you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. early '90s Nick Cage, come back to us. Losers always whine about the best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. God, that movie. <laughs> Let's watch that after this. Yeah, that's what's happening. We're going to go watch The Rock. In fact, I want everyone listening to this right now to go watch The Rock instead yeah. of Left Behind. Watch the part where Sean Connery sharpens a quarter with a chair and uses it to cut through bulletproof glass. <laughs> what a movie. Ah, <laughs> uh, what a country. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what else do we want to talk about with regards to this film? Oh, uh, let's... The, the, the ratings and so on. This movie was universally panned. It has a 2% Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's got and, one star on Netflix. And normally, your Christian movies, like uh, the Kirk Cameron Saves Christmas from or from uh, last year and so on. <laughs> Kirk Cameron save, Saves Christmas from the Aliens. There's an actual movie called Kirk Cameron Saves Christmas that came out last year. And the, co- the cover is of him jumping around, wielding a candy cane like a sword. Yay. And apparently it's just him ranting again about how Christians are great and atheists are destroying the world. Oh, yeah. It's how, you know, Christmas is under attack. You know, I I feel like, I I wish I could know for a fact that he was getting a ton of letters from Christians that were just like, come on, man, knock it off. Ah. Just fucking, don't, don't, if we see you with another fucking banana, (laughs) you try one more time to undermine what we've got going on. But anyway, um, so normally when movies like that are bad... Uh, there are a bunch of Facebook groups and so on that rally and try to, you know, force the rating good. 
They didn't do that for this movie. No. This movie got... No one did that. You might even say this movie got left behind. Yeah! Yeah. So, uh, there was on Netflix, and that's why we watched it. But this movie was universally terrible. But the fun story about that is that there was just, like, a month ago, an Indiegogo campaign to fund a sequel to this sucker. Yeah, oh god. If they got Nick Cage back for it, though... They they listed the people who were on board for the sequel, and it was Chad Michael Murray, and uh, the little person actor, and uh, I want to say the, the daughter again. But not Nick Cage. They only had Nick Cage for one. Boo! So... But here's the thing, they needed $500,000 to make the movie again, and over the full course of their Indiegogo campaign, they raised $80,000. Aww. That's a sad Aww. time. That's real sad. Yeah, that should have been like eight. Yeah, eight dollars. Eight dollars were made, <laughs> which means that one person wanted a Left Behind t-shirt. <laughs> Although the Netflix did recommend to us Left Behind 2, Tribulation Force. Oh, Tribulation Force. That is my favorite song from Dragon Force. <laughs> I love that the uh, the Left Behind the first series has names like that. I've never really seen any of those movies to know what they are, but Tribulation Force? What's the next one called? Like the Revelation Commandos? or? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that would be so good. Now Fine. I want that. Final Lake of Fire Explosion Circus. Behind. <laughs> enemy lines. <laughs> Left behind. Enemy lines. <laughs> All right. Would uh, would you say that you would recommend this film to anybody? This this left behind? No, no. It's kind of boring. Like again, you're not getting like good crazy Nick Cage. You're getting just subdued, mushed mouth Nick Cage. Yeah, it's it's not great. No. Uh, I also would not recommend this film. Uh, I'm glad I watched it because it was dumb and a waste of time. But yeah. yeah. And, uh, let's see. Why don't you make a different movie recommendation, then? Alright, so I recommend you all go see Con Air, the better movie about Nicolas Cage in, in, uh, plane. In, in, in plane. In an airplane. <laughs> He's pretty great in that. Yeah. He is in Airplane, the movie. He, hmm. Do you think they're gonna remake that? Oh, yeah, they're totally gonna remake Airplane. Uh, haven't they already? Isn't that what Airplane 2 is? I mean, really? Well, yeah, when you really, come down to it. Airplane 2 has the exact same jokes in it. Yeah, maybe they'll make a third one. It'll be Air Train. <laughs> You mean Soul, soul Train? <laughs> oh, wait, Soul Plane on a Train is what yeah. they'll call it. Yeah, Soul Plane, the Soul Train, Air, Air Train. Air Train. <laughs> Three. Left Behind. Left Behind Enemy Tribulation lines. Force. <laughs> City of Violence. <laughs> uh, so, uh, okay, there you go. Neither of us will recommend this movie. We both have given you a list of way better Nicolas Cage movies to go watch. Uh, I'm going to also say go watch Ghost Rider, the first one, because it's crazy stupid. Yay! And uh, not the second one, though, because it's disappointing. It had all the right elements to be amazing, and then it wasn't. Sad. It is sad. It's, it's Neville Dine Taylor. I mean, come on. They did all those crank movies. <laughs> all two of them. Which you'd think, you know, if you're going to make those guys make your movie, it should be crazy bullshit. Yeah, it should be just nonstop shenanigans, but instead it was not, and it had a lot of boring, sleepy stuff in it. Boo. Oh, well, whatever. At least Ghost Rider is back in Marvel's hands. Yay! Okay, so uh, this has been a System Mastery Special Edition movie review. We don't do these very often. I think we've done like three, including Carrie the Revenge and Jack, Jack Frost. <laughs> so if you like these, if you want us to keep making these dumb movie reviews, please leave us comments or send us emails or tweets or whatever you want to do. Let, let us know if you want us to review some movie, and by review we mean... Just rattle off the plot points of the movie and laugh about it. That's what every bad movie review podcast is. <laughs> the question is, are we any good at it? So, as always, this has been System Mastery. Find us at systemmasterypodcast.com or at System Mastery on Gmail or Twitter or Facebook. 
feel free to leave us messages and uh, make requests. We will try to do more of the nerdy movies when we get around to it. This was just a sort of once one-off crazy decision. So, But if you would like to hear more movie reviews, we'd like to know about it. Thank you, and have a lovely week. Thank you.